Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Are the Queen podcast. I am your host, April, and this is my wondrous, imaginative, creative, beautiful (laughs) cousin, Sarah. Yeah! Yeah! It's me! It's me! (laughs) It's me! We're back. If we sound a little loopy, it's because this is the first weekend we are recording more than one episode. So you're welcome. You're this welcome. is the second episode of the day. Uh. <laughs> so we uh, just discussed ambiguous lost and we realized like that was an important conversation to have. But we are also now very mentally drained. So now we need to talk about stupid things. <laughs> Yes, like we do. television. <laughs> and we also don't want our podcast to just be a bummer every week, so. <laughs> exactly. Like, can, let's, get them, let's get them something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really wanted, I've wanted to do this for probably since we started the podcast. Yes. And we've done a little bit of, like, talking about TV shows and movies a little bit. Mm-hmm. But let's have a dedicated podcast episode where we talk about TV shows that bring us comfort or shows that we have watched multiple times because we love it so much. TV shows and or movies, like anything. Like, what do we watch, April? <laughs> <laughs> what do we watch? Well, clearly, uh, The Office. <laughs> oh, yes, The Office. Because <laughs> I love Steve Carell and the rest of the cast, and I that helped me get through undergrad. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And that's actually, since we're talking about The Office, I didn't really get on The Office train early like when it was Mm -hmm. really like on tv i kind of i had to catch up with the show um because i knew you liked the show a lot and so i think i watched uh, i think i watched some of it with you Mm -hmm. and I, i well and i remember people talking about it in high school and I think I watched it with you. And then one of my memories of watching it actually is Justin had a video iPod. Do you remember those bricks? <laughs> the freaking bricks. He had like several se- several episodes on his video iPod. Oh my God. That he let me watch. Also, this is controversial. He gave me his video iPod. Which he will now say that he let me borrow, but I never returned. (laughs) And we don't know who's telling the truth because we're both very adamant on our stories. And so I had it and he just like never asked for it back. And so I used it like all through undergrad (laughs) and then eventually it died. So that's also sad. But (laughs) I know it just never turned back on. Oh, it's like (laughs) salute. Yeah, I will go down with the ship. (laughs) I remember watching um, specifically the episode where Michael 
burns his foot on the George Foreman <laughs> drill. That was one of the episodes on there, and it's my favorite episode. I don't know why, but it literally is just like I can turn that. I can we get to that episode if we're rewatching it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this one so much because I remember watching it on this teeny little screen. Oh my god, Sarah. So I'm the kind of person where if something makes me like unbelievably happy, like it's that episode when he's explaining how he burned his foot on the fucking George Foreman grill. He just wanted bacon. He wants to wake up to the smell of crackling bacon in the morning. So then I, if I go to say like a Walmart or Target or a Canadian Tire and I see George Foreman grill, I immediately like start giggling to myself and like then I realize I am in a public space and people are giving me weird looks. I'm like, George Foreman grill, he burned his foot <laughs> on the George Foreman grill. Why do you not understand me? Uh, uh, that show, and I know it's like the same for so many people, but like, it's just one of those things where you can just have it on and it's wonderful and it's hilarious. And even though I've seen it all the way through, I don't even know how many times at this point because, yeah, I've watched a lot. It's just, it, every time it's so good. Every time. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but The Office is still on Canadian Netflix and I'm just so happy I didn't lose it on Netflix. <laughs> well, I did cave and I created a Peacock account. <gasps> Not the paid one. I just have the free one. So I don't think I can watch all of The Office for free. But it's definitely at least the first five seasons. Which are really the best out of yes. all of them anyways. Yes. I, if we do rewatch The Office, we do usually go all the way through. But like the last season especially, we're just like, we're just doing this because we just have to finish it. <laughs> Yeah, for, <sighs> for me, like, season eight was so rough. Yeah. And season nine is a little more tolerable. But I think, I know they, obviously, they lost Steve Carell. Spoiler alert. But I, um, but I think they also, some of the core writers moved on, too. Oh, that's possible. I think. I've been, another podcast... Speaking of The Office, that's lovely, is Office Ladies. Uh, and I'm actually really interested to see what, I mean, I think, let's see, I think they're on season five currently, because mm-hmm. um, they're, uh, if you haven't listened to Office Ladies and you like The Office, go listen to it, because it's awesome. But start from the beginning, because they're walking through each episode one at a time. Mm-hmm. So... It's been going for a while now. They started it before the pandemic, and then oh they had to move to recording in their closets. It's also just a very entertaining podcast because it's uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsley. Uh, they played uh, Pam and Angela, and they're like BFFs in real life. And so it's really entertaining to listen to them because not only do they give really good insight to the show, but they're also just hilarious. Um but I'm interested to see what they say about the show after Steve left. I want to know their opinion. I also really hope that 
Steve will be able to, like, actually come on an episode. I know he's a very busy man in Hollywood, but it's... I know Rain Wilson, who was Dwight Schrute, um, he's sent in clips multiple times, and Creed Bratton um, <laughs> was, like, a Creed. guest host. Yes, Creed. I love Creed. Creed is Angela's neighbor in real life, so... I love it! <laughs> it's great. Um, and he really is just that weird. <laughs> uh, so there's the office helped me get through undergrad like I will probably quote it many many times throughout the day not with clients because they look at me weird like what are you talking about April I'm like oh I'm so sad <laughs> but I'll quote it with my husband and thankfully he uh he uh before he met me he didn't watch a lot of tv shows like he wasn't into like the pop culture but it's like no you need to get educated <laughs> There are just some shows that you have to, you have to you watch. You have to. And he's quite, to. he's quite the, um, the theatrical watcher. What? <laughs> no! Pam, no! Oh, no. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Arrested Development is at least the first three seasons of Arrested Development is top-notch comedy gold, and I've tried to watch season four, and I didn't make it through it, and I oh, don't... question, though. Mm. So on season four... Okay, again, for the uneducated listener, uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, was it canceled? Like, what happened? Yeah, so... so they got to season three... Mm-hmm. And then season four, they didn't do that until Netflix picked it up, which yeah. is years later. Years so they all look later. so old on it. It's I awesome. Know. <laughs> I know. It's um, so, it was so weird because it was on Fox. They hardly promoted it. They kept changing the days on when it would air. And it was like the little engine that could because no one had heard of the show and then all of a sudden it wins best comedy at the Emmys and then all of a sudden it just kind of skyrocketed but then the marketing and promotion team and the broadcast channel just would not talk about it they pretended it didn't exist and then it's so random it was that does make a lot more sense on well okay i lived in like a black hole for tv in my childhood (laughs) so once i like went into college i started like learning about more tv shows and then i would go to april's apartment and (laughs) (laughs) that's where i watched arrest development because you had them on dvd and yeah i was like what is this show like i had never heard of it like people even in like high school i don't think we're really talking about it which is interesting because like the office was so huge so yeah. i heard about that i remember uh one of my it's kind of a sad memory but kind of a hilarious memory too uh i had just gone through a breakup this was in 2011 and i go home and i'm just crying my eyes out uh one of my uncles had just passed away and then my other uncle was staying with my parents at the time and he's he's just like, what what show would you like to watch? Because he knows I love comedies and stuff like that. And I said, have you seen Arrested Development? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, 
No, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> he's watching it and he's like, did, did the writers live in the house I grew up in? Because, <laughs> like, it's such a dysfunctional family and it's hilarious and awful. And what? I, I highly recommend the first three seasons. The other it's two, I don't know, good. but. <laughs> the, the other two, mm, they're interesting. Like, there's some parts that are actually really, really funny. It's, it's a different feel. Like, if you watch the first three, don't have the same expectations for four and five. Mm-hmm. Did you, my question though, that I was going to, that I was arriving to. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so season four, Netflix did a weird thing because when they first released it, they released it in this like weird, I don't even know how to explain it, but like they, they didn't quite reveal everything until like the last like two, like couple of episodes, like each episode was like a very small view of like each different part of like the story. And so like, you didn't quite understand what was happening. So now it's, and then they, they released that. And then like, after like, I don't know how long it was out. They were like, this is really weird and confusing and people don't understand what's happening. So then they re-edited it and re-released it. Do you Uh, remember that? I think I do. Yeah. mm -hmm. So that now they, they have just the, that new edited version is the one that's on Netflix now. They like took took away the the original one because it was too confusing. So now it's like a lot more cohesive and like you understand what's happening as it's happening mm-hmm. instead of like because um, like it was almost like they would replay each episode was like a replay of scenes but like from a different view from like the viewpoint of a different character. And so then you're like, oh, that person was in that room too. Like that's weird because in the previous episode they just showed it was Really weird, but kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Very differently shot than, like, you know, Arrested Development in the past. So I think right. that's also why they probably went away from that original one. Someone creative was probably like, we got to do something new. I don't know. Uh, it it's like, weird. no. <laughs> because uh, if if you've seen the first few seasons of Arrested Development, you know it's very quick-witted. Um, it's... Uh, the edits are extremely precise and you there's when you look at say a screenshot of an episode like there's like a joke within a joke within a joke it's so fast too like that's one of the shows where it is really cool to go back and rewatch because i'm like what just happened like i just caught something in the background that i had not put together in the past because like you know the first time you watch it you're like you're listening to the dialogue and you're looking at what's right in front of you but then after you've seen it you can go back and rewatch it mm-hmm. and you're like huh fascinating clever <laughs> clever girl <laughs> Or you'll pick up on things that are referenced later. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know that it's, like, an illusion to, like, or, like, foreshadowing until you have already seen it. An illusion, Dad. You don't have time for my illusions. <laughs> That's from the first episode. You need to watch it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, we love will arnett he's awesome i love him so much bojack horseman yes i was Uh. just about to mention that um (gasps) aaron paul's in it too (laughs) we love aaron paul too no uh so if you haven't watched bojack horseman and if you're new to this podcast we often refer 
in conversations, mental health, how important it is to take care of yourself, as well as like the various in intertwined complexity that is mental health and psychological uh, feelings. And um, it's, I don't know how to describe Bojack Horseman, but it's so good. It's written well. Yeah. Um, voice acting is pristine. Um, and it's just about a story of this actor who was in a really popular 90s hit comedy, but it was also kind of his one hit wonder. Yeah. And he initially he feels like he won't be fulfilled until he hits that peak again. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting. And at it, I think it kind of starts off just a little slow. But yeah. once it gets, it gets going, it has really important conversations about the Me Too movement, um, and obviously, like, mental health conversations. Um, I think the topic of asexuality comes up and yeah. what that looks like for yeah. people. Um, and, like, I think the character Diane, was she biracial? I think so. Yeah. I think she was. So that that's another important yeah. topic. Um, marriage was an important topic in there, too. It's really fascinating. I highly recommend it. Um, it's, so, it's so good. Yeah. And there's so many good messages in it. And it's funny at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they do a good job of weaving, like, the comedy in with, like, more serious topics and... Gosh, especially the last few seasons Holy. were so oh. good and so emotional and there's so much and you're like so invested in the characters and you're like, oh my God, just work <gasps> things out. Please. <laughs> yeah. And family dynamics, like one of the kind of main plot points is his relationship with his mom and like. You know, they show flashbacks from, like, oh his childhood gosh. and flashbacks of his mom's childhood. So it explains, like, the whole, like, generational trauma that's, like, been happening. And mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, a re I really should tell my professors that we just need to dissect the show mm -hmm. for school because there are so many, so many good things in there. Mm -hmm. And it might be really a good way to like introduce topics to someone that you need to talk about like i don't i don't know if i could get certain family members to watch <laughs> that right. show but i really do think like you know it kind of normal it helps normalize some things and um yeah it's really important for society well i remember the you know spoiler alert i've kind of already mentioned it but the topic of asexuality and how one of the characters how they were describing what what it meant to them and how mm. kind of ostracized they felt for a while but now that they were finally able to put words to what it is that they were experiencing and it it just kind of opened the door for them a bit yeah. i think yeah so i thought that was really important because you know in the heteronormative society that we live in even though 
we have made leaps and bounds in the last decade, there's still some things that I think are important to talk about. And they, the writers did an amazing job with that subject and they didn't, they didn't mock it. I don't, I don't think they did. I don't, th- I didn't feel like that. Yeah. No. Cause I think that, that was a contention point, you know, for years is mocking a part of someone's identity and mm-hmm. making a joke out of it. So they, amazing show, highly recommend. It's only what, five seasons long with a handful of episodes each season, I think. It's a quick watch, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's animated, so like that's fun and like artistic and like it's just so bizarre because like some of the characters are animals, <laughs> but then others are humans and like, Oh my gosh, my favorite episode still though is the underwater episode. Yes. There's no that dialogue. One is so good. It's all like, you know. Yeah. There's no dialogue yeah. in it, but it's so artistic and if you just read the characters' body language and like you'll understand what is happening, it's really good. And it really paints a picture of like how frustrating it can be if someone doesn't understand you mm-hmm. or like if you don't understand them mm-hmm. and then yeah there's just like this whole kind of like urgency of like oh i can't can't explain what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. you know and like all that stuff and then yeah and then the ending is just really funny <laughs> anyway just go watch that episode it's right the whole thing watch the whole thing but yeah it's good um, and gr- so many famous people in it too like you're gonna recognize voices and stuff too so like they got a lot of really cool people that worked on that project that's one of my many talents is like recognizing voices and it drives Zachary crazy because he's like <laughs> how do you do this and I'm how like do I don't know, know. <laughs> like if that if that was a job I would do it <laughs> like, April identifying voices. Yes. Like, uh-huh. There's no other way to know. April, we have to call April. <laughs> um, oh what gosh. other what other shows do we love? I mean, all of the like kind of normal ones are coming to mind, like Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. That one's like The Office for me. It's very easy to watch. Um. I like Friends. I know that we disagree on that. Uh, I'm Friends sorry. is one though. I know. <laughs> uh, there are parts that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely like it has its moments. It has its problematic moments for sure. Um, it is, I think, one of those where you either like are fully on board with it, or you're like, meh. meh. I didn't watch it until I like after college like yeah. i was a, a late uh, i'm a late bloomer in a lot of senses especially with like shows and movies there are a lot of things i don't watch until much later um but that's just because i didn't grow up with a lot of access to watching a lot of things mm-hmm. um so anyway so i really like friends you like seinfeld which i have not seen before so (laughs) like i know 
if I see the characters, I'm yes, like, you'll know that's Seinfeld. So, Just like if you see Friends, like you're like, oh yeah, that's that's Jennifer Aniston. Obvious. <laughs> yes. So Seinfeld is really interesting because the first couple of seasons are actually kind of garbage. Really? Yeah. It's. Oh. It's so if weird. I try to start watching it, I'll just have to know. Yeah. Like, so like there, I, I think there are a few episodes in season two where it's like, okay, it's it's starting to get to where it needs to be. Um, the Chinese restaurant episode was one, and then the parking garage episode was another because they can't find their car in the mall parking garage, and they're just think- like, what? I don't think I have a way to watch it, April. Oh, no. Well, that means you need to fly up here when the pandemic is over and we're just going to binge the whole entire thing. (laughs) I was like looking it up. I'm like, hmm, okay, never mind. It's not on any streaming that I have. (laughs) Dang it. Of course. So I think like season three was when it kind of, I think, finally found its stride a little bit. And then it just kept getting better and better as the show went on. It's it's interesting. Um, hmm. But I will, my mom and I, we still quote that show to each other all the time. And the, the whole entire, are you master of your domain? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! They are actually talking about this on network television! <laughs> and it was funny because like I was allowed to watch Seinfeld, but I wasn't allowed to watch Friends. So make that what you will. Is Friends like too overt sexually? Because like they talk about sex. Yeah. And like, you know, when they date people and then they go into the bedroom, you know, or like, you know, like. So maybe, yeah, maybe it was too, it's too much. Maybe. It's too much. I don't, I don't know. Because, like, I mentioned that to a lot of people when I'm, like, getting to know someone. They're like, wait a minute. You were allowed to watch Seinfeld, but not. But not Friends. And they're, like, trying to connect the dots and, like, we don't understand. I'm like, I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe your mom just liked Seinfeld and she tried Friends and she's like, mm. No. They just go and sit in this coffee shop, and I just am not all about that. (laughs) (laughs) No. At some point, they do joke about how, why, they're like, why are you guys never at work? You guys are always at the coffee shop, and then they're all like, oh, crap, we're late for work. Anyway, (laughs) yes. Um, Other shows, um, yeah, no, so Friends, oh, I'll go back to Friends here for just a second. Mm Mm-hmm. So Friends is one that I didn't get on board with. Actually, this connects a little bit to Ambiguous Loss <laughs> from the previous episode. Uh, I had a friend at like my first job out of college, and we had a lot of downtime in the evenings because we worked together in the evenings. And so, and she loves Friends like that is her jam. She always has it on in the background. And she's like, wait, you've never seen Friends? I'm like, yeah, I've never seen Friends. And so she pulled up her Netflix account while it was still on Netflix and um, played an episode or two for me that evening at work. And I was like, what? This is great. And then I would go to her apartment and hang out there. And so she had the whole series on DVD. And so she started putting them in for me. And so then I started watching it on my own, like from the beginning at, on my Netflix account at home. Mm-hmm. 
fell in love with it. The friendship, we didn't really have like a big falling out. Like we kind of had like a little falling out and then she moved. (laughs) So, because like her husband got a new job or something. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're still friends on social media. So you might know who I am if you're listening to the podcast. Hey, it's been a long time. Um, and, I, and I miss her a lot. But yeah, it was just this kind of weird thing where I got introduced to something from someone that I was really good friends with. And then like, just like life circumstances, like we grew apart and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's still a show I really enjoy. So Justin bought me the full series on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever for Christmas mm-hmm. 2020. And so he watched it with me. And because he used to make fun of me because I used to watch it on Netflix. And then he'd catch like little snippets. Well, then we were home <laughs> because of the pandemic. So we watched the whole thing from f- the beginning. And he really got into the characters. <laughs> he, I'm like, see? And he like got all emotional about I don't even know what it was. Oh, no, we got to like the last episode. He's like, wait, this is the this is it? How did that? No. What? <laughs> this? No. This has to keep going. I'm like, no, they're moving out of the apartment. I'm sorry. Like, this is the this end. This is the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oops. Headphones falling out. Headphones oh falling out. Okay. We're back. <laughs> oh, no. We're back. Oh, no. Um, oh, what's another show? Oh, shoot. I'm trying to think of all the other shows I routinely watch. I know I have a couple of movies I routinely watch. Um, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail and um The Princess Bride is another. And then Mowage. Mowage. <laughs> Mowage is what brings us together. Today. <laughs> I like that one too. It's good. And then. Also, I can't believe that that's Robin Wright. Like, I know! I did not. Okay, because I really. Okay. <clears throat> I do not like Kevin Spacey. But. <laughs> yes. I really like House of Cards. I especially love Claire Underwood, Robin Wright's character, mm-hmm. because she's just. She's just badass. She's just cool. Yeah. Um. I could not believe that that's the same person. I know. I was like, wow. Wait, and she's on Princess Bride? Who was she on Princess Bride? Princess Bride Cop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and so the same thing is happening to me where uh, we started to watch Homeland. And on there is, my name is Indio Mantoya. You killed really? my father. Prepare to die. And I'm just like... And I point at him like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and Zach's like, what is your problem? And I'm like, I don't remember the actor's name, but it's him from it's a princess him. bride. And I'm like having a conniption on the couch. Like, it's him. And Zach's like, no, it's not. April. Like, I think sometimes Zachary is jealous of my talent for recognizing voices and actors and actresses. Because he's like, how do you do this? I'm like, I have enough space in my brain for stupid shit. This is yeah. my stupid shit. Yeah. I'm usually like, I know that person. 
where do I know that person from? And then, like, we're on our phones, like, Googling, like, <laughs> oh, that's right. He was, uh, um, we saw, uh, what were we watching? Was it 30 Rock? Oh, that's another show. We'll get to 30 Rock in a yes. second. Um, but we were like, who is that guy? And I'm like, trying to place him, trying to place him. And I'm like, oh, he's the guy that owns the barbecue place on House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> And Justin's like, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we're watching 30 Rock. That's another comfort TV show. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to watch. And that's another hilariously written show. Like, it's so clever. And I love rewatching those episodes because it's the same thing as Arrested Development. Like, you rewatch it and you catch jokes in the background. You catch, like... What does Frank's hat say in that episode? Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. Tina Fey is just so smart and like, ugh, she, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just really funny. I really like it. It's just ridiculous too. Usually, it is. So. <laughs> it was funny because like when, so 30 Rock ended and then there was like, not a whole lot coming from Tina Fey. And I love Tina Fey, too, because she's brilliant. And I love her sense of humor. Um, and there was not a whole lot. And then Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was coming. Mm-hmm. And there are parts of that show where it's like... It wasn't quite the lightning in the bottle compared to 30 Rock, I feel like. But I do love certain characters like Titus and the landlady um <laughs> who is also on the princess bride, oh, the princess bride. <laughs> by the way <laughs> so there was there i don't know like i need to i would probably rewatch it again for titus but it's not as regular for me as say the office or yeah um, yeah i'm the same way i enjoyed i really enjoyed unbreakable kimmy schmidt but it's not quite that same rewatchable factor for me. Like, I think we'll probably at some point go and rewatch it. Or, mm-hmm. like, we have shows where, like, a new season will come out. And so in- instead of, like, jumping in with the new season, we start from the beginning mm-hmm. again. So we'll start with season one. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've done with Unbreakables. We'll start back from the beginning. Also, John Hamm in it, you know. Oh my God, John Hamm. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Reverend Gary, wait, what is it? I don't remember. Was it Reverend Gary Johnson or something? Oh, I felt like. Okay, wait. Unbreakable. She's now Googling. Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. They love um, Demi. Reverend <laughs> Reverend Richard Wayne Gary Wayne. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Jane Krakowski is in it, of course, as Jacqueline. Oh, Jacqueline. Um, Amy Sedaris, she's hilarious. She's on... Uh, Bojack. Bojack yep. Horseman. She's Princess Carolyn. On yep. Bojack, um, yeah. I have I, I want your opinion on something though. I'm going to jump back yes. to Princess Bride. 
really quick. Is it just me? Or do you also seriously hate the scene where they're in the fire swamp and their R.O.U.S.'s rats of unusual size jump out and start attacking Wesley and Buttercup is just standing there? She's just helpless. I'm like, girl. I know. And he's like bloody on his arm because it's R.O. Yeah, whatever you call it. Anyway, terrible <laughs> monster is ripping his arm apart. Yeah. And then she grabs a stick and instead of like bludging <laughs> the stupid rat, she's just like, eh, eh, poke, poke. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Come on. It's the darn situation. thing. This is stressful and the love of your life that could be dying and you're just standing there. So well, I needed to vent about that because I'm just like, I, I hate that moment. That's the only no, part I'm like, no. The... Uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> she was probably as a princess raised <laughs> to be... Oh, wait. She's not actually the princess. She's going to marry a prince. I forget that she's not actually a princess. Yeah. Buttercup is raised to probably just be this, like, helpless girl. Because that's the society of this yeah. whatever renaissance time it's supposed to be set in. Also, the time in which... I'm, I'm looking it up. It was filmed... How many strong female characters? I don't know. They could have done better. It's it's sometime in the 80s. 1987, yeah. it says. I don't know. Well, it's true, because wimp. at the beginning of the movie, she's like, oh, Wesley, you need to do this and this and this, and she just goes off riding her horse. It's like, girl, right? you live on the farm, farm too. Farm, farm boy. boy. Farm boy. <laughs> Do this for me. Do that for me. Fetch me that picture. Like, that's literally directly over your head. What? As you wish. Like, bitch. Tell her no. He does not deserve her. No. She does not deserve Controversial him. Controversial statement I just made. She does not deserve him. Wesley forever. Yay. You would think he could go off. He was a freaking pirate. He could have found some pirate lady to be with. Nope. No. Nope. No. The dread pirate Roberts. <laughs> We're like mad now. <laughs> like, God. Why do we like this movie, April? <laughs> I don't know. It's problematic. <laughs> That's what the kids still say, right? It's problematic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No. That's a good movie, though. I love that movie. <laughs> Except for that part. I don't care for it. <laughs> don't even know. I don't even know, Eyebrow. Also, uh, my favorite romantic comedy, Hitch. That one's a love. good one. I love that movie. The first 10 minutes is cinematic gold, in my opinion. I haven't seen it in years. I need to rewatch that Oh my one. god, it's so good. I just rewatched. Wait. Okay. Now I'm not remembering the name of it. Describe it. I'll get it. <laughs> Steve Carell. What's his face? Oh my god. Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yes. What's that movie? Yeah. Crazy stupid love. Crazy stupid love. I just rewatched that one. 
great movie. Great movie. (laughs) Highly recommend. I love the scene. I love the scene when Steve Carell's character realizes that Ryan Gosling's character is dating his daughter. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. What? It's so funny. No, I love it when Steve Carell meets up with Ryan Gosling at the mall. Oh, yeah. And he, I don't know what item, I think, was it a pair of shoes? It's like really old yeah. sneakers that are battered yeah. to hell and back again. Yeah. And They're just, just like old dad, like dad shoes, like New Balances or something tacky. <laughs> and he throws the oh. shoes <laughs> over the balcony. <laughs> and then he, he had a Velcro wallet. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling's like, what is this? I'm like, oh my god. I do like how it's it's a man makeover movie. Yes. Like, we get the girl makeover movies all the time. I all love the that time. they're like, no, you gotta try harder. <laughs> You're wearing clothes that don't fit you. And they look tacky. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I love that it. One's, that one's good. Oh. It's brilliant. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Gorgeous, darling. Oh, other, okay, TV shows. Comfort TV shows that got me through 2020 pandemic. Shits Creek. Yes. And Queer Eye. Yes. Shits Creek, we rewatched. Like, we watched the whole thing. Oh, wait. We watched it, and then the new season came out. So we were a little late to the party, mm-hmm. but we did get on board before the last season came out. And so then we were really excited about the last season. We loved it so much that we, like, almost immediately went back and rewatched the whole thing. Like, we had to see it a second time. That show is <laughs> golden. I, golden. I have watched, I think, the first two and a half seasons. I love it, too. <gasps> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to get Zachary into it, but he is picky because, yeah. you know, essentially how Shit's Creek starts off is this, these rich, pompous assholes who yes. have lost literally everything in the first five minutes of the first episode. Yeah. Literally, and, they show their, like, enormous house yes. for, like, 30 seconds, like, a very small amount yes. of time. Yes, yes, and the, the family, the huge-ass family portrait, and it's just <laughs> over the top, and it's ridiculous. And I think what Zachary struggles with is, like, he actually knows people like that. Like that, yeah. And... He's like, I can't get on board with it. And I'm like, no, it's they, they, they gradually get better and their characters change and their characters are developed. It's so beautiful. And I love David so much. I love okay. David. You have to tell him that they have to establish the character to show how much they've changed by the end. And yes, it's cringy, but that's why it's funny. It's I know. They're being plucked out of their perfect little lives and being forced to live in this town that really reminds me of the town I grew up in. I know. (laughs) It's so small and country and (laughs) also it's in Canada, so that's fun too. See, yes. And then 
So I mentioned earlier with BoJack Horseman, the conversation about asexuality and how they described it and the character development within that. They, Shit's Creek and Dan Mm -hmm. Levy, the way they wrote about pansexuality, it finally made sense to me and how pansexuality works essentially and what it is and because they use the wine metaphor and i'm like i, I love wine it. Yeah, <laughs> it it like, i get it <laughs> so it's like i'm very thankful for that because like okay i finally understand yeah yeah i loved that that and and they did it in a way that was like they talked about it but it was in this like let's tell a story like okay I really like red wine, and I assumed you like red wine, too, but do you like... And he's like, well, I like all wine. I like red and white and rosé. The occasional rosé. Yeah. (laughs) And, And then, like, just the way that, like, they portrayed... And I think I listened to an interview that they did with Dan Levy where he's like, I wanted to make this town so accepting and like normal because usually like you know quote unquote country folks are portrayed as these like homophobics racists you know like Mm -hmm. but they wanted to create this town where the town is actually very warm and friendly and like you know um so the way that like they just kind of like were like oh yeah dan or david's pansexual and they're like oh okay cool like we assumed he was probably something you know like and just the way that the townspeople were like cool (laughs) well i think you sent me that interview or maybe it was in another interview i saw it the way he described that where the town is just really accepting he said i'm just so tired of seeing LGBT matters as a form of contention for a character and that yeah. this is part of their character development. It's like right. No. Someone's sexuality or trauma should not be a key in the plot and storyline right. for character development. It's just normal. Yeah. It's like showing that society is in a place or should be in a place where this is how conversations like this go where it's just like ta-da (laughs) ta-da and i bet i bet you anything it made conversations with family members in real life Mm -hmm. so much more um so much more comfortable because they're like oh hey you watch the show (laughs) And I liked, and you liked the show. Well, I want to have a conversation and be like, yeah, I'm like this character, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love David. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And my you... mom recently said, oh, yeah, have you watched Shit's Creek? And I'm like, oh, yes. And I love it. I'm not done with it, but I love it. And she's like, yeah, we're in like season two, episode nine <gasps> or something crazy. And I'm, and she's like, I love David so much. And I'm like, I'm like I so know. happy. <laughs> you got to push through. Gotta I know. Push through. I know. I need, I just need to accept that Zachary may not watch the show with me. Because, and that's okay. Well, you just got to keep going with it. Because maybe if he sees like a later episode, he'll be like, Oh. 
Because I bet you probably haven't seen them open the Rose Apothecary yet, have you? I, no, I have. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's good. I've gotten mm-hmm. that far, so. And he just met Patrick. Move, Patrick! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Oh my god! Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, um, yeah, you got to keep going then. You're you're in the you're in the you're in the home stretch. Like, home stretch. <laughs> ta da! Um, what other? God, I love Stevie. I love Alex. I I love everyone's character. Like Moira is just ridiculous. She over the top and amazing. Amazing gifts, like from for I know both David and Moira. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I love it. Stop <laughs> acting like a disgruntled pelican. <laughs> yeah, it's a very quotable show as well. And um, yeah, I love her whole backstory of because ba- of, she's also an actress, mm-hmm. but like, but was in like a soap opera for <laughs> like years and years and was like kind of now not doing anything actory and she's trying to get back. Like, Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll have to tell me when you get to where she um has her movie that she's in. Oh my god. Okay, I will. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um Is there any Yeah, that other... one's so wholesome and wonderful and that one actually makes me cry oh. a bit because it's so wonderful. Oh my god. <gasps> I yes. want everyone to be like this family and the town. I love the town. I love the um. Oh my gosh, what's the what's the singing group? Oh, I'm blinking. Oh no. Oh well. Oh well. Someone will remind us. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the town choir. <laughs> that one's nice. I like I like their choir. It's very it's cool. I love all those characters. They're all wonderful <laughs> and amazing. I just I need to push through. Yes. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Once you once you get started, you can't you can't stop. You just, yeah. And of course the ending is so wonderful. My love for drag race and I know I need to catch up on all stars and stuff, but I love the creativity. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love drag race, the creativity, I love the stories, I love makeup i love rupaul and all that jazz i love it (laughs) that's awesome i know (laughs) i Um, just finished reading jonathan van ness's autobiography titled over the top (laughs) i love it and holy crap his life was insane before Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. He's come a long ways. Um, so I'll just say that and I'll try not to spoil it. Because um, it is very good and you should read the book. Um, mm-hmm. But it makes me love Queer Eye even more because it is like as real as a reality show could be. Like I know that there's some editing of course and we don't see everything Mm -hmm. because they're like yeah we shoot like 60 hours of footage to make a 45 minute episode and i'm like holy crap holy macro um but like the you know 
the Fab Five, they're all real people. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to portray themselves as authentically as possible. And especially after reading, like, I've read all their books now, essentially. Um, <laughs> I don't think Bobby has a book. I've read all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And Antony has a cookbook. Antony! Oh, my God. I'm going to come back to that. Um, he has a cookbook. And he has a new cookbook coming out. Uh, but uh, Jonathan's book is eye-opening and inspiring and... The ending essentially is saying, like, that he's realized that he can't take care of other people if he's not taking care of himself because he spent so much of his life not taking care of himself, not dealing with trauma that he experienced and self-medicating and harmful behavior and, like, all this stuff. And I just loved that last chapter where he's, like, you know, I love my fans and I, of course, I'll stop and take a selfie <laughs> if you recognize me from, cause he was talking about like how his life has changed since Queer Eye and like people recognize him now. And, um, but he's like, you know, I sometimes have to set boundaries with fans because sometimes I have somewhere to be and I am running late and I need to get to where I'm going and I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't know you and I have life. And so Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a really great ending to his book. And it really, (laughs) during this break from school, reminded me that I need to take care of myself and thought it was hilarious that I literally just wrote a seven page paper where I talked about how I'm becoming a counselor, but I have to take care of myself in order to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Dear Lord, did I just <laughs> write the last page of my paper to, like, because I hadn't read his book yet, but I was reading the last <laughs> page of his book. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, we're on the same wavelength. <gasps> we realized the same thing. Um, yeah, but the show, um, the show was so heartwarming. There are some episodes that I don't really particularly care for. They're all really good, but there are some that I don't know if maybe the contestant wasn't <laughs> quite as like into the whole the life whole change. That, yeah, yeah. That uh, some of the other ones were like very vulnerable and not you know like raw in in the episode, and I really liked. I just like it. It's nice and it has really good me- a really good message. Mm-hmm. you know and it's a show that i literally could go back and rewatch like all the time also i really love the episodes where they go to japan those were also amazing i need to watch that maybe i'll watch one after we're done here yes i think there's only four of the japan ones mm-hmm. there so it, it won't take you very long but yeah. i love it because it shows the culture and then it also shows like some of the downsides of like their culture of not talking about issues and taking care of themselves and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so yeah one one day maybe hopefully i'll actually get to have a honeymoon and that's where we want to go is japan (laughs) yeah so you gotta get excited and watch the queer eye yes japan and and i'm like i want to go to there (laughs) i want to go to there Oh, I was going to come back to Anthony's cookbook. I convinced my husband to pre-order me his new cookbook that's coming out next month from Barnes & Noble so that I can get a signed copy. 
I love moments like that. I know. I was like, Justin's like, I'm ordering stuff from Barnes and Noble, and I need. He needed like some extra to get to free shipping, which I love how that how that works. We end up spending mm-hmm. more money probably, so that we get free sh- shipping. I was like, oh, Barnes and Noble. I just saw that if you pay five more dollars at Barnes and Noble <laughs> for thirty dollars, I could get a signed cookbook. I'm so weird. <laughs> You're like, oh, signature. It's basically <laughs> like meeting him. No, not really, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did the same it thing with him. Uh, Daniel Avedon. He's of YouTube fame from the Game Grumps, but he is an amazing singer. And so Ooh. every time he releases like a like a cover album, because he sings a lot of '80s stuff. Oh. They sign copies of it, and I'm like, I'm getting a signed copy because, like, I swear I'm never going to meet anyone ever. <laughs> so this is the closest I'm going to get. Yay! You're like, they touched this. They personally <laughs> touched this and signed it along with their huge stack. That's what I'm picturing. I was like, I'm like picturing Anthony just like sitting and like signing his name real nicely for Sarah at Barnes and Noble order. And then I'm like realizing like, no, he's literally probably signing a whole stack of books, probably hating himself for agreeing to do it. But I appreciate it and I will treasure it. And I'll probably accidentally spill uh, flour in it while I'm cooking, you know, like, my other cookbook. Yeah, like so. you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. Because I'm going to actually use it. Yes. <laughs> well, everyone. I don't even know what recipes are in it, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I'm just getting a signed copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, I think, I know there's more TV shows out there <laughs> and more movies, and we could go on and on and on, but I, I think, think we got the most important ones that we highly recommend yes we highly recommend stamp of approval from we are the queen yes on these shows yes (laughs) it's just this little podcast that could like we approve this anyway so have a great week everyone we'll talk to you all next time um we'll see you later